Happy Friday and welcome back to the Heal Your Hormones podcast. I am excited for today's topic. I mean, I'm excited for all the topics, every podcast episode, but this one in particular really hits home for me. I don't know if you know, if you listened to the earlier episodes, you probably do, but I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's when I was 19 years old, which is pretty young. I was anticipating it. I kind of saw it in my future because I do have a family history of it. I definitely didn't expect to get diagnosed so young. I thought maybe when I was in my twenties, potentially even early thirties, but I also had a lot of stress going on during that time that I think triggered it mainly related to my eating disorder and dancing professionally six days a week, obviously was a huge physical stressor to my body. So for those of you who don't know what Hashimoto's is, it is an autoimmune condition that impacts the thyroid. So we often think of Hashimoto's as a thyroid disorder, but really it's a disorder with our immune system that just happens to be impacting our thyroid. And our thyroid is responsible for making hormones that control the metabolism and essentially the function of all of our cells in our body. And when we have Hashimoto's, our thyroid starts to slow down. It doesn't function as well. It can be really inflamed. And as a result, our whole body tends to slow down. So if our metabolism is slowing down, we gain weight, our digestion slows down, we become constipated, Um, our energy slows down, hair growth slows down. So we're seeing more hair loss. Just think everything is kind of slow. Many symptoms, very similar to PCOS. We can also see irregular cycles with Hashimoto's. And my Hashimoto's diagnosis was a large part of really what sparked my entry into the naturopathic world. And like PCOS, you know, there are many things that are often overlooked with Hashimoto's. Oftentimes we're just kind of given thyroid medication, told to go on our way, but that doesn't always leave us feeling the best. So one thing I think of with Hashimoto's, both when I'm managing my own Hashimoto's and I'm working with other clients with Hashimoto's is how can we really support our thyroid from the ground up, from the inside out? Yes, thyroid medication might be needed in some dose, but how can we give our body the other nutrients it needs to be able to make our thyroid hormones and reduce inflammation in our thyroid? And there are really three really important nutrients that I consider when it comes to the thyroid. And those are selenium, iron, and iodine. And these impact how our body make thyroid hormones and how our body uses those hormones. So these vitamins and minerals are very easy to test for on a blood test, but oftentimes more often than not doctors aren't doing it. So I want to talk about them today. So the first one is selenium. Selenium is a mineral that is honestly most well-known for its role in thyroid health. It can easily be tested for on a blood test, and ideally you want your selenium over 70. And there's actually a test that you can order for yourself through Let's Get Checked, and you can test your selenium at home. That's the test that I personally use. I will link that in the show notes if you're interested in finding out your selenium levels. But this mineral is super important because it is used in the process of making thyroid hormones, especially converting T4, which is our inactive thyroid hormone into T3, which is the active hormone that travels through our body and goes to our cells and essentially makes them run. Having adequate selenium levels can also help to lower thyroid antibodies, which leads to less damage and inflammation in the thyroid. So if you test your selenium and you find that you are deficient, 
two ways that you can improve that. One super simple is eating two Brazil nuts a day. I know that seems insane that in just two nuts, you can get all the selenium you need, but Brazil nuts are really high in selenium. I have actually tested this theory. I went on like a Brazil nut kick. I was eating more than two a day, probably eight to 10 a day for three or four months. And then I tested my selenium and it was through the roof high. So you can overdo it. And it does cause digestive issues if you overdo it selenium. So just two Brazil nuts a day is all you need. Or if you're not a Brazil nut person, you can always just supplement with selenium. And typically the average dose that's recommended is about 200 micrograms. All right. That is selenium moving on to iron. So iron is a mineral that helps to transport oxygen throughout the body. And there are different groups of people that can be more at risk of having low iron levels. For example, people who eat a more plant-based diet like vegetarians or vegans, they are going to be getting overall less iron in their diet. Plus the iron you get from plant-based sources are harder to absorb than animal-based sources. New moms tend to be lower in iron because pregnancy and breastfeeding kind of steals our nutrients. If you have heavy periods, you're going to be bleeding more, therefore losing more iron during your periods, gut issues, GI issues. If you are not able to absorb your nutrients well, then you're not going to absorb iron very well either. And then lastly is actually low thyroid function. So oftentimes when we have Hashimoto's and low thyroid function, we actually make less stomach acid, which leads to less iron absorption and symptoms of low iron actually look pretty similar to low thyroid function, especially when it comes to those lower energy levels and hair loss. So if you are taking thyroid meds and you keep having to increase your dose and increase your dose, because you continue to feel bad, make sure you're checking your iron levels. This is also super easy to test in a blood test. There is an option through Quest Labs to actually order your own iron test. You can go to any Quest Labs in the country and get your iron tested. I will link that in the show notes as well. If for some reason your doctor is not willing to order that for you. Now, if you go to get your iron tested and you take a multivitamin or a hair, skin, nail supplement, You'll want to stop talking, stop taking the supplement for two days before testing your iron, or at least speak to your doctor about discontinuing this because any supplement with biotin can impact your iron results. Ideally, we want iron to be around a hundred. And we also want to be testing something called ferritin, which is our body's storage form of iron and ferritin should be at a bare minimum over 50. And that test I mentioned at Quest actually tests for both iron and ferritin in one. Now, the thyroid peroxidase enzyme requires iron to make thyroid hormones. And we tend to see lower T3 levels, which is our active thyroid hormone, and higher TSH when we don't have adequate iron. And higher TSH levels essentially indicate the brain is having to make more TSH in order to try to communicate with a thyroid and get it to do what it's supposed to. So it's kind of counterintuitive. Usually we think more is better, but when our TSH is higher, it actually means our thyroid is lower functioning. Iron also helps to transport T3, that active hormone into the cells, which is going to be really important. If the T3 can't get into the cells and it's not really doing us any good. If you test your iron and you find that you're low, then you can really focus on increasing iron rich foods. But for some people that's not going to be enough and sometimes supplementation will be needed. 
All right, that is iron. Moving on to our third and final nutrient here is iodine. So iodine is a mineral. And according to a 2012 CDC report, women of childbearing age, meaning women in their 20s and 30s, had the lowest iodine levels of any other group, which I thought was really interesting. This was in America. Iodine can also be tested for through a blood test. And this, I was not able to find a self-order lab for you guys. However, there is a lab called ZRT, which offers an iodine test. However, this does need to be ordered from a physician. So if this is something that you are interested in testing, shoot me a message and we can potentially coordinate to get that test over to you. Now, the way iodine impacts the thyroid is that it's actually needed to make T4 and T3. Specifically, in order to make T3, an iodine molecule is removed from T4. So the numbers T4, T3 literally correlate to the number of iodine molecules. If you find that you are low in iodine, we can get this through diet. So primary food sources are seaweed, fish, and iodized salt. You may think, well, you know, I don't like fish. I already use my Celtic sea salt, Himalayan sea salt, whatever it is. I'll just take a supplement. Typically, we don't recommend supplementing with iodine right off the bat, especially if you're not being monitored, because it's very easy to overdo it with iodine and high iodine levels can actually worsen thyroid function as well. So it's really this happy medium where we don't want too much, but we also don't want too little. All right. That is it for today's episode. A little bit longer than our normal Friday chats episode, but I hope that was helpful. If you have Hashimoto's three really important things to think about selenium, iron, and iodine levels. If these have never been checked, definitely reach out to your doctor about taking a look so that you know, if you need to be making any sort of dietary adjustments, or maybe changing up your supplement regimen to help support your thyroid from the inside out. Thank you so much for listening. If you find what I share here helpful, please, please, please review and share with your friends, your sister, whoever you think could benefit from this information. I appreciate it greatly. I hope you have a great weekend and I will see you next Tuesday.